thank you for tuning in to AnchorCast. Please remember to subscribe and follow us on social media at Anchor Nights to get the latest updates about events, meetings, and uploads. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Well, welcome back, Anchor Fam. We are in the Underdog series. It's a new series. We're looking at Gideon versus the Midianites part two today. And I'm already loving this series and what God is speaking to us through his word. And we are in Judges chapter six, looking at the Judge Gideon. Now, if you remember, these judges that we see in this book, they're, they're more like these ordained by God military leaders, right? They, they were the ones that God empowered to lead his people in times of crisis. Now the Israelites were God's chosen people and during this time in chapter six in Judges, the Israelites were being tormented by these enemies called the Midianites. The Midianites for seven years took the Israelites food, land, and plain just tormented them. And if you remember last week, we saw how God sent a prophet to the Israelites who told them, hey, Like, this is your fault you're in this situation, right? Like, you turned your backs on me. I had you safe. I had you healthy. You had provision. But you have started worshiping other gods. And that's what put you in this scenario. And, I mean, can you you imagine being God in this situation, right? Like, we would be so done. Like, if, if I was God, like, I would give up on humanity completely. And think about it. I mean, if you have one friend who does you wrong like one time, you want to cut them out of your life completely and shun them totally. But our God is a God of chances. So he doesn't leave the Israelites in this situation. He knows he has to take care of the Midianite problem. So what does he do? Well, we read last week that God picks Gideon to lead his people. And of all the people, according to Gideon himself, God picked the weakest guy he could find. In the weakest family, in the weakest tribe. Like, nice. Like, he basically sent Jar Jar Binks when the world needed Luke Skywalker. Like, let's be honest. But hopefully you remembered what I said last week, that God loves an underdog. And maybe you've still got that written down somewhere as a reminder, that God loves an underdog. When we are weak, he makes us strong. So honestly, who better than Gideon to lead the charge? Now, this is where we stopped last week, God's selection of Gideon. But it isn't where the story ends. It's actually where the story is just beginning because they still need to defeat the Midianites. So here we are in Judges chapter 6, verse 25. If you've got your Bibles or your apps, read along. It says, That night the Lord said to him, to Gideon, Take the second bull from your father's herd, the one seven years old. Tear down your father's altar to Baal and cut down the Asherah pole beside it. Then build a proper kind of altar to the Lord your God on top of this height. Using the wood of the Asherah pole that you cut down, offer the second bull as a burnt offering. Wait, 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 wait. You mean to tell me that the Israelites have been under the oppression of the Midianites and the Amalekites and the Jerkalites that came from the eastern countries to steal their food for the past seven years, and the first thing that God does is put Gideon in charge and commands him to deface public property? Yes, that's exactly what's going on here. You want to know why? Because the reason the Israelites were in this situation was that they were in it because they chose to worship other gods instead of the one true God who never failed them. 
And Gideon's father, in the center of town, had an altar built to the pagan god Baal. And God's first move was to tear down the thing that was keeping them from right relationship with him. The first move God made was to take away the thing that was keeping them from right relationship with him. See, he wanted that idol torn down and replaced with an altar that glorified the one true God. I see some of you have been praying for breakthrough, for salvation in your circumstances. You're begging God to show up, but what idols in your life need to come down before God can move? See, what idols in your life are you holding on to when you could be holding on to the things that God has for you? What in your life needs to be broken and replaced so that you can experience the fullness of God? See, today, idols and, and altars, they, they, they aren't necessarily statues in the streets, but they are the things that we put above God in our hearts. They are the things that we think fulfill us, the, the things that we strive for above Jesus. And what we think fulfills us is often what is hurting us. What we think fulfills us is often what is hurting us. See, that relationship that you're holding on to with that guy or girl who doesn't believe in Jesus is, is actually what's keeping you from a deeper relationship with Jesus. That addiction that you think you're doing a great job of hiding because you clear your search history is what's standing in the way of God's best for you. The parties every Saturday are keeping you from church on Sunday. Tear down whatever idols you have set up in your heart that are taking place of God. He doesn't care what it is, your relationships, money, fame. If it's above Jesus, you will not find the fulfillment it answers you are looking for. Dude, mic drop, that's it. That's the end of the message right there. Nah, we ain't done yet. God's got more to say in the scripture because Gideon still hasn't defeated the Midianites. So let's look at this. So after Gideon puts God back at the center, God gives him the courage and he rounds up all the different tribes of Israel and all the Israelite warriors. And coincidentally, their enemies had joined up and traveled together and were camping in the valley of Jezreel. Perfect opportunity, right? All your enemies in one place, except the Midianites and the Mechalites and these other enemy tribes way outnumbered the Israelites. See, the Israelites were about 32,000 warriors strong. And the Midianites were about 135,000 strong. See, it says when you looked into the valley that they were camped in, they were as thick as locusts covering the valley. I don't know if you've ever seen a huge swarm of locusts, but they're kind of like these grasshoppers, and they come and they like cover everything, and it's disgusting. And the Bible says that their camels were as numerous as the sand on the beach. You couldn't count them. Now, that sounds like a lot of camels, and I'm sure they didn't have like that many camels, but it sure had to be a lot more camels than the Israelites had, right? They're, they're outnumbered. They're, the Israelites are underdogs. Right here, we have an underdog matchup. Gideon versus the Midianites. He's an underdog with 32,000 soldiers, but apparently he's got a chance. A pretty good one, I would say, right? 32,000 people is a lot. And he's up on the, if he's up on the hills surrounding the valley, then he has the high ground. And a, that's a great place to be. Um, an example, Obi-Wan Kenobi, all right? If you've got the high ground, you've got a chance. 
But then we see God make a move that would make even a seasoned general scared. Let's look at Judges chapter 7 verse 2. It says this, The Lord said to Gideon, You have too many warriors with you. If I let all of you fight the Midianites, the Israelites will boast to me that they saved themselves by their own strength. Therefore, tell the people, whoever is timid or afraid may leave this mountain and go home. So 22,000 of them went home, leaving only 10,000 who were willing to fight. But the Lord said to Gideon, there are still too many. Bring them down to the spring and I will test them to determine who will go with you and who will not. When Gideon took his warriors down to the water, the Lord told him, divide the men into two groups. In one group, put all those who cup water in their hands and lap it up with their tongues like dogs. In the other group, put all those who kneel down and drink with their mouths in the stream. Only 300 of the men drank from their hands. All others got down on their knees and drank with their mouths in the stream. He got his army cut down, not just once, but twice to 300 guys. Just 300. I mean, this is the OG 300, and I'm sure these guys were not ripped half-naked dudes with capes and sandals, right? Like, if, if Gideon wasn't already scared enough, he has to be totally shaking in his sandals scared, like, like me when I was a kid watching Toy Story, and that thing crawled out from under Sid's bed um, towards Woody. That freaked me out, right? That's got to be Gideon, just freaked out. But God tells Gideon, with these 300 men, I will give you victory. See, what I want you to take away from this, the big takeaway, write this down, text it to your friend, put it on the gram, make a TikTok, I don't care. Do whatever you need to do to remember this. You can never be too small for God to use you, but you can be too big. You can never be too small for God to use you, but you can be too big. God knew that with 30,000 men, he can give them victory, but they would take the credit. God knew that with 10,000 men that they can get the victory, but they would still take the credit. But God knew that with 300 men, they would know that they could not have done it without him. See, God wanted to prove to the Israelites that he could be trusted, that he was powerful, that he was just, and that he was above all other gods. See, victory doesn't come from our strength. It comes from God's strength. Victory doesn't come from your talents, your skills, your looks, your personality, your degree, your money, your spouse, your property, your business. Your victory comes from Jesus alone. Can I get an amen? And if you find yourself stripped of everything except your relationship with Jesus, that's when you find yourself in a position for victory. See, when you get rid of all the distractions, all the things that have become idols in your life, and you focus on Jesus and his strength alone, then you will have victory. So we have Gideon with 300 men versus 135,000 enemy soldiers. I mean, this is like the average Joes versus the Globo Gym Purple Cobras in the Las Vegas Dodgeball Tournament final on ESPN 8, the Ocho, right? So here we are in Judges chapter 7, verse 17. Then he said to them, 
Keep your eyes on me. When I come to the edge of the camp, do just as I do. This is Gideon talking. As soon as I and those with me blow the ram's horns, blow your horns too, all around the entire camp, and shout for the Lord and for Gideon. It was just after midnight, after the changing of the guard, when Gideon and the 100 men with him reached the edge of the Midianite camp. Suddenly, they blew the ram's horns and broke their clay jars. Then all three groups blew their horns and broke their jars. They held the blazing torches in their left hands and the horns in their right hands, and they all shouted, A sword for the Lord and for Gideon. Each man stood at his position around the camp and watched as all the Midianites rushed around in panic, shouting as they ran to escape. When the 300 Israelites blew their ram's horns, the Lord caused the warriors in the camp to fight against each other with their swords. Those who were not killed fled. There it is, right there. One of the greatest underdog stories in biblical history. And see, what, what I see here is that God uses the ordinary to do the extraordinary. He used a self-proclaimed weenie like Gideon to lead an army of 300 against 135,000. And he does it using trumpets, shouting, jars, and torches. Now, if you can't read this story and see how God can use you, then I don't know what to tell you because God wants to use you to do kingdom work. Our God is the God of underdogs. He will give you victory, and the bigger the underdog, the better. Because victory doesn't come from our strength. It comes from God's strength. When you are weak, he's going to make you strong. And God uses the ordinary to do the extraordinary. Let's pray. God, Lord, we just give this to you. God, we, we, we give you ourselves fully, Lord. I pray that we could remove the idols and things that we've set above you in our lives so we would move those and put you at the center and the top, Lord, so that you would have the strength to do extraordinary things with us ordinary people, God. Lord, we just praise you and love you for your love, your grace. God, that you are God of the underdog story. Give this message and the series to you. Thank you.